1: Can we share a word of prayer? Come live in me All my life Take Take over over. Come breathe in me Come breathe in me I will rise so nigger And I will Prayer as the Holy Spirit to come and live in you, to take over, to breathe on you. It's not about you, it's about him. All that he will abide in us, his word, his spirit. Please sing it with meaning from your heart. Holy Spirit, bring us to our knees. Oh, yes, Lord. May we know Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Reveal yourself to your people this morning. May we go deeper into you, Spirit of God, reveal Him to us. You lordship of our lives, we give you control of our lives. Holy Spirit, control us, control us, oh God. Breathing us, Lord. And on I will rise. On evil. Lift up your hands. Come live with me. Come live. In. Make it your prayer this morning. A part of it, but all of it. Come breathe in me, Holy Spirit, for You breathed upon Your disciples. Oh, thank You, Jesus. I will rise. In our midst this morning, we say that come and be Lord of all this place, brood over this place, let your presence fill us and fill your house. Have your way, sweet Holy Spirit, for you are the counselor, the teacher, and the guide. Let this word fall on good soil, that it may yield a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold according to that which you have purposed deliver us from stubbornness and rebelliousness against your word and give us a meek spirit that we will receive with meekness the engrafted word of god which is able to save our souls i pray for this vessel thank you for the honor of preaching to your people please cleanse this vessel sanctify it set it apart for your use and let it be a channel of blessing from your throne to your people thank you for the anointing of my life thank you for grace thank you that i'm a co-laborer with you lord and i'm not alone for indeed apart from you i can do nothing let your will be done in jesus name amen hallelujah please take your seats praise the lord well we want to thank god for another day this is a day the lord has made hallelujah we will rejoice and be glad in it i want to speak to you this morning about types of hearers types of hearers i want to thank your G.O. reverend Klufiu and his wife for having me speak here this morning i'm surprised to be here but i'm here and um i thank them and all the pastors who stand with them for the support you have given to my husband, the bishop, all these years. And for the kind of relationship that we have. I see that God blesses us through people. Amen. So I pray that the Lord will encourage you and your wife and all the pastors. And the shepherds will make the work go on in this part of the world. God bless you. And I also want to honor my husband, the bishop. I thank Him for releasing me into ministry and for allowing me to be what God wants me to be. Hallelujah. So next time you encounter Him, please say thank you. Amen. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 33, reading from verse 31. This is the word of God, it's not the word of a man. So let's treat it as the word of God. God is speaking to Ezekiel and he says, And they come to you as people come, and sit before you as my people, and hear your words, but they do not do them, for they do the lustful desires expressed by their mouth, and their heart goes after their gain. And behold, You are to them like a sensual song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument, for they hear your words, but they do not practice them. Hallelujah. I told you this morning I was going to talk to you about types of hearers, and I want to say that the kind of hearer you are depends on you and not on God. And the Bible says that, be careful what you hear, first of all. The Bible also says, be careful how you hear. Because some of us hear a word being preached, and we hear only that which is nice, or that which we don't have to do anything about. But the parts that God takes us on, we decide not to hear. And we decide to put it on pause or delete. And so we choose what we want to hear, and we discard what we don't want to hear. And the Bible tells us that there are different, different, different types of hearers. Now, the first type of hearer is the sensual hearer. And this sensual hearer, the Bible is telling us, they come to you as people come. So if there's a meeting, they'll come. If there's a gathering of God's people, they'll come. If there's a convention, we all come. If it's a teaching service, we will come. They come to you as people come. Amen. Amen. Hmm. And they sit before you as my people. So we take time and we sit down in church. And First of all, we come. We take any taxi, combi, whatever it takes to get here. We come. And then after we come, we sit as God's people before the preacher or whoever is on the stage. Amen. Amen. Hmm. And hear your words, but they do not do them. So, you can hear, but you are just hearing for hearing's sake. But as for the doing, you have not thought about it. Hallelujah. Hmm. They do not do them, for they do the lustful desires expressed by their mouth. And their heart goes after their gain. We do what we desire to do. We do what gives us pleasure. It's always me first, not God first. We say that Jesus is Lord, but really, we are Lord. We say that Jesus is Lord, but really, our lusts and our desires are Lord. We say that Jesus is Lord, but really, Jesus is Lord when he suits us. And when the pill of God's word is not so nice, then Jesus is not Lord, but we are on the throne of our own lives. We are Christians, all right, but we are the bosses of our lives. In fact, many times, it doesn't even occur to us that what is God's opinion on this. It's not part of our thinking. It is what I want to do and what my opinion is. And God is telling Ezekiel, and behold, you are to them. It has described the types of People And then he says, you are to them like a sensual song or a sentimental singer by one who has a beautiful voice, plays well on an instrument for they hear your words, but they don't practice them. The church of God has become like a musical concert. He says, you are to them like somebody who sings a sensual song and plays beautifully, skill on an instrument. So we come and a good word. Preach it, lady pastor. We are excited. And the lady pastor on stage is like a star. She has become to you like a sensual song. She is tickling your senses. But your spirit is unaffected. Because when you hear the songs, even sometimes you start dancing before you say, hey, he's not Christian. Because your senses respond to that beat. And then the way the instrument plays, before you see your body is rocking, Hey, excitement, clapping, just like Michael Jackson or anybody. But when you go home, you often do not meditate on what Michael Jackson preached. I don't know who are the new singers of our day. Hmm? Now I'm behind times. Okay, so. But when unbelievers also go to such places, they are also excited. They also respond to what is being sung. They flow. Sometimes they sweat. But when they go home, that's the end of it. And the word of God has become like that to us. Sentimental hearers. Excited when we hear. But in the doing, it's not part of us. Hallelujah. And even when you ask people, how was church today? It was powerful. What was preached? Oh, mercy, 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 mercy. I just know that it was powerful. How come you don't know what was preached? Because it's not affecting you. You hear, but you don't practice what you hear. And in the church of God, we are not allowing the power of God to transform us. If God wanted you to stay the same, he would not have bothered to come and live in you. He would just have left you, then then you do your things, you come, and he cleanses you, then you go, you come. But he wants us, God is at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's not in us as excess baggage. He's in us to perform a work. And, and we are supposed to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. But when we lose our flavor, the Bible says men trample over us because we don't have any flavor anymore. There's no difference between Christians and the world. There's no difference in our dressing. When I go through the mall in South Africa, yeah, I wonder how the brothers survive. Help me, Jesus. It's a very, very, very strange and different culture to me. I mean, you are half naked. Sometimes I want to call them. You shouldn't have dressed, it was not necessary. Everything from above is trying to overflow. So when you say an unbeliever, a Christian, what is the difference? The Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But our minds are not temple. I am my own person and I want to dress this way. But the temple of God is a holy place. Hallelujah. But it's because we are sentimental hearers. Preach it, pastor, amen. The church has become a social club. What type of hearer are you? I use somebody whose senses are just tickled. You know, these days, as I go through counseling, some of the things that happen in the church of God, it's almost as if it's not the church, but it's somewhere else. And oftentimes, my heart is so broken. Sometimes I look, I say, God, the issues are greater than me. How can I solve such an issue? Sometimes somebody comes... From the choir, whatever says. Oh, I was going here with this brother to this hotel for a few hours. And then this person met us. So, because you have been found out, now you are coming to confess. Not that the Holy Ghost arrested you, but you have been found out. And then, when you call the brother and say, So, this thing that you are doing, it is totally outside God's love. First of all, you are married. Secondly, the person is in the choir and you are going on with this lifestyle. Then as you talk, you realize that there are six more sisters. What do you do? I said, oh God, your church has become something else. And even me, I'm not perfect. I feel so broken. How much more you, a holy God. The Bible says in the last day, because iniquity will abound, sin will be so much and people will seem to be getting away with it. The love of many, you will look and say, what's the use of purity? What's the use of holiness? What's the use of paying tithe? What's the use of serving God with my money? It's not worth it because everybody, even in the church, is doing as they like. Iniquity is abounding. And therefore, the love of many will wax cold. But I pray that you will not be a sentimental hearer this morning. But you will be somebody whose heart the Holy Spirit can touch. Like Pastor Mosa was saying, you have drunk the tea, now your tongue cannot discern hot tea anymore. The Bible calls this a seared conscience. The Bible says, those who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern good and evil. When you become a habitual person who discerns between good and evil, your conscience is sharp and you are able to have discernment. But if not, you are led about by any wind of doctrine. I pray that you will not be a sentimental hearer. Amen. And next one is the forgetful hearer. And don't worry, I'm not going to be long. I'm not going to be long. And instead of just talking, hey, the church, these days people do very bad things. These are, it's time to get on your knees and pray. Hallelujah. James 1.23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man shall be blessed in what he does hallelujah if anyone is what a hearer of the word so the first step is you hear it's good to hear the bible says when you become a hearer and not a doer you are like a man who looks at his face in the mirror he sees that he has not washed his face his beard is unkempt his hair is not combed he sees all that and then he forgets can you imagine he takes the time to look into the mirror, all right. The mirror of God's word. And he sees that. You know, sometimes the brothers, your beard, it folds. The, the, the hair folds and becomes scra- scraggly. Hmm? The wife should notice it and tell them, either you comb it or you shave it off, okay? Amen. But you look at all that, and you don't do anything about it. Your face is unwashed. You drooled saliva in the night. It's come all here. It's white. You've seen all that. You look at it you say, Okay, I've seen, And you do nothing about it. You do nothing about it. Can you imagine the mess that you will be out there? Even your workplace, they will ask you to go on early retirement because of this type of habitual behavior. Amen. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently, Pastor Musa said, with discipline and earnest concentration. You concentrate on what you've seen and you allow the Holy Ghost to change you. The Bible says we are changed from glory to glory as we behold his presence. But we are not beholding the the law. We are not beholding the word. We are beholding other things. And so we are not changed. But if you keep the mirror of the word before you, you will keep beholding. And you will be changed because of what you are beholding. You say, "Oh, this is not good. This is not, Holy Spirit, help me. I'll change this. I'll do that. But we have a lot of forgetful hearers in the church of God. Hmm. And abide by it. It's not just looking in the mirror. But you look at the perfect law of liberty and you abide by it not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man shall be blessed in what he does. Hallelujah. I want you to come with me and let's look at somebody who thought he was hearing, but he wasn't hearing. First Samuel chapter 15. First Samuel chapter 15. First Samuel is not in the New Testament. We we'll read from verse one. I don't I don't intend to be long, so don't worry. I'll be very brief this morning. Then Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people over Israel. Now therefore listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I'll punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has, and do not spare him, but put to death both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Then Saul summoned the people and numbered them in Telim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the valley. And Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the sons of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. So Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah as you go to Shu, which is east of Egypt. And he captured Agak, the king of the Amalekites, alive. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of his sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good. And were not willing to destroy them utterly. But everything despised and worthless, that they utterly destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I regret that I have made Saul king. May God not regret that he made you his child. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me. and has not carried out my commandments. And Samuel was distressed and cried out to the Lord all night. And Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, and it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Kamel. Verse 13, And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord, I have carried out the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears? And the lowing of the oxen which are here. And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Wait, and let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak. And Samuel said, Is it not true, though you were little in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed you king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites and fight against them until they are exterminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord and went on the mission on which the Lord sent me and have brought back Agag the king of Amalek and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took some of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the choices of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft or divination and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Hallelujah. Samuel came and said, look, God has issues with the Amalekites before you were born. When I was bringing Moses and co through from Egypt, they asked to pass through their land, and the people did not treat my people well. So, I have an issue with the Amalekites. How come God's issues are not your issues? How come does God have to explain to you? And even that, He gave Him a little insight that, you know, this is the historic fact. You were not around at that time, but you are the one I'm now raising to settle this issue for me. And I'm giving you instructions when you go don't spare anything. Women, children, oxen, kill everything. Don't leave anything. And if you and I were judging Saul, we would have said that he has obeyed because he called the soldiers, 200,000 foot soldiers. He called 10,000 from the tribe of Amalek uh, of Judah. He put the army together. He went to the battle. He fought. He puts his life at risk. He killed the people, the women, the children by the things that were choice. And the things that were not worthless. And the things that were to be desired, including the king of Amalek, he kept. And we would have said, but he went to battle. He conquered the people. It doesn't matter that he brought these few spoils. I mean, What's the big deal? He has obeyed God. But the side of God, partial obedience is not enough. Hallelujah. And we are always choosing the oxen. We are always choosing the king of Agag. Agag the Amalekite. We are always taking out from our instructions so that we can do the ones that come to us easily. But the ones that are costly, And the ones that will take something out of us, we will keep for ourselves. The Bible says the things that were worthless and they were not to be desired, those ones you destroy easily because, hey, it's not attractive. But the things that are attractive to us, we keep. So Saul heard and he obeyed to an extent, but he didn't obey all those. And when you don't obey all the way God is telling you, you are arguing with him. He can't reach you. You have a stubborn heart. The Bible says we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. Hallelujah. It didn't just say receive. When we preach or we lay on, say you receive, but receive with meekness. The spirit in which you receive is also important. Meekness means being tamely subject to injury. It means that sometimes in order to receive his word, you need to be subject to being hurt and being offended. Because when the surgeon performs an operation on you, although you will get up better, the wound hurts you for some days. It has to be dressed for some days before you come out whole. Hallelujah. The Bible says that receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. But because we don't know the worth of God's word, we do what we like. We do what we like. Our tithe, if it's tempest, we say, God, this time I'll give you one because, you know, I have rent. I have this, the choicest. My agag, I will keep. And do you know that because Saul did not destroy these people, Later on, when David came and went to war, it was this same Amalekite who came and carried everything the children of Israel had. Women, children, oxen, they obeyed. If Saul had destroyed them, they would not have lived to come and be a thorn in the flesh of Israel later. Oh, the cost of our disobedience. If only the Holy Spirit will open our eyes, we will see the cost of the things that we disobey not knowing that your own people will now this will become a snare to your own people you go out to fight you come back the whole village is burnt women children ox every single thing has been taken and the people of david and david himself they lifted up their voices and they wept and the bible says and when there was no more strength left in them the people looked at and said let's stone david because if he had not taken us to battle, our families would have been preserved. Forgetting that he himself has had his family also carried away. When people are depressed, they make foolish decisions. And they make emotional decisions so you don't have to take them seriously. The Bible says, David encouraged himself with the Lord, in the Lord. And David asked God, shall I pursue? And God said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. What a waste of time and resources because Saul and the other people spared the king of agag and some of the choicest things of the amalekites who are the amalekites in your life that god wants to deal with and you think that you are keeping them the issues that they will bring will filter out even through generations here and born and you don't need that we need to believe that god knows best we need to believe that god has our interest at heart it's not that he has made some tall order 10 commandments, just do them let me see you fail, let me see what you are able to do, no his word is supposed to deliver us he sent forth his word to heal he sends his word so that we will be made whole hallelujah he says I've killed all of them and someone says what is this bleating I hear of sheep because if you take something you can't hide it forever at a point, the sheep will bleed. Man, nah, nah. you say you killed all of them, but as I've come here, I'm hearing the bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the cows, which I hear. We now have to go and bring evidence to prove to you that you have walked outside God's will and His word. We have to take you to a court of higher jurisdiction, and we have to lay out the case and set out our pleadings and all before you will admit that something has gone wrong but may we be tender spirited people like david you know we all don't like to own up to our faults so when the prophet god came and said there was a man he had a lot of sheep and then he went to take somebody's one sheep david said the person must die now and the person must be sentenced and he must pay four times why should he do that did it happen in this country? And God said, it's you. Because when it's somebody else, we look at it with magnifying glasses. When it's us, it's rose-colored glasses. It's rosy. It's not really. It's not. But when he got to know that it was him, the Bible says that he wore sackcloth and he went to sit in the presence of God. And he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me cast me not away from your presence O oh lord but make me a new person he said i was conceived in iniquity in iniquity did my mother conceive me but you desire truth in the inward parts unless we are true in the inward parts god cannot go far with us hallelujah and that brings me to the last type of hero. Luke chapter 8 Luke chapter 8. The extent to which the word affects us is dependent on how much we open up to the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 8, I'm reading only verse 15. And the seed in the good soil These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with patience. Hallelujah. There are four things these people have done. First of all, they have heard the word in an honest and good heart is the second soil that they have. And then they hold it fast is number three. And they bear fruit with perseverance. is number four. Hallelujah. This type of era is the receptive hearer. The receptive era. The receptive hearer hears. And out of a good and honest heart. So, Lady Pastor, how can I ensure that I have a good and honest heart? Ask God. Create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. As God. Search me, O oh God. And know my heart. Because sometimes you are there, even your heart, you don't know it. And that's why it says search. You, search, you don't search for things that are within reach. You search for things that cannot be easily found. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts. And then see if, just in case there's any wicked way in me, see if and lead me. You know, everything hinges on God. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We need his strength. We need his power. And that's what he comes to indwell us to do. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it shall quicken this mortal body. Why does it need quickening? Because it's dull in some way. This mortal body, if you allow it, as Bishop says, it will disgrace you fully. A good and honest heart. I was telling you yesterday... When I came full-time, I thought that, you know, I have a very good and honest heart. And God knows how humble I am. And as I waited before God, I said, God, you are not the problem. It's the people. Is that not what Saul said? The people. And we shift blame because when we do that, we don't have to deal with our issues. But it wasn't the people. And God told me, is it really the people? I said, God is the people. I have known from a tender age that you have called me. I love you and I want to do your will. But the people, if I come full time, I have to be paid by the church, Lord. And the people and their attitude and the way they would think and the things they would be talking about. If I work for myself as a lawyer and I'm a lay pastor, Lord, it's better. It's better image building for you and I, Lord. And so I came full-time. When I came full-time, as soon as I came full-time, somebody called me and said, oh, I have this German client. He wants somebody to set up you know, corporate things for him in Ghana. He doesn't live there. So you just work from home at your own pace. And then he just pays you every month. And I mean, that will leave, just leave you free to flow in your full-time. And I said, oh, yes. If I do it, even I'll help the church. Because then I will not be on the church's payroll. But i'll still be working for the church fully it's a good deal so i signed up then once in a while the boss will come from germany i would go and you know he was paying me good money nice dollars and i was happy to come to church you know and it's like yeah i'm not paid by this type of organization because before i came full time my boss said to me are you going to join that thing that your husband is doing not a church that thing And she said to me, do you know men can change? You are going to add your destiny to a man. Do you know he can change? And I said, oh, it's not a man. It's a man, but it's Jesus. You know, you must have a personal call from God. Otherwise, when you come into full time, you go back. You see, because ah, it's the bishop who called me. It's my husband who called me. Today, when I came to the office, he didn't smile and things. I've left. He then you will leave many times. <laughs> but God must speak to you. And so I was still receiving these dollars and all that. And then one day, I was going for a meeting in the morning. As I was going, I don't know if I've told you this story before. I just slammed over the wheel. Kaput. I was out. I didn't know that I was out. But the car was moving. My foot was on an accelerator. And it was a morning rush. People were coming. So later the people were telling me they were hooting. People parked on the side and they couldn't see who was in the car because I was slammed like that over the steering wheel. So the car was moving, moving even out of its lane, oncoming cars and trucks and everybody was hooting. Beep! Beep to stop the car to what the person in it is not hearing. And Then there was a collision and that's what brought me to, you know, just boom. So, hey, where am I? So the car was going into a bush. I just applied the brakes. I said, what? what? When I looked around, I saw my university mates in their ties, their shoes, going to work, standing around saying, Adelaide, what, what? And then my glass was rolled up. And I was also sitting there looking at them, like, why have they come here? what exactly are they after? What is their aft? So I applied the brakes, and then I opened the door. And there was a man with blood and people from a bus. He said, Madam, what is wrong? We are hooting. I've even parked my car and you drove into me. Why? And their car was destroyed. They had blood and cuts. I was okay fully. So I I said, I don't know. I just set out to go for a board meeting on the road. And this happened. I don't know what happened. See, God loves you. In fact, the fact that you are alive, this, that, that. And when I came out of the car, I said, "Mm, so what should I do? should i call my husband no a lot of talking should i should i consult by no then i saw my brother who had come from london and just happened to be at the accident spot he told me i was having my quiet time and i got up to come and look at my property on this road but the lord said to me go back and pray so i went back and then when i came i chanced over this accident the lord was preparing me just to come where you are I said, so it's good you've come. You know what? Organize a tow truck. I took my briefcase. I'm off to my board meeting. I don't know what happens to you when you have accident. Maybe you don't think. And so I took my briefcase. I went for the board meeting. I spoke. I took minutes. I, oh, everything. Then my husband started to call me. So I took the People called me, you know, these are you university mates. They said something tragic has happened to your wife. I asked them, Did she die? They said, We don't know. Is she in the hospital? We don't know. And then I've been ringing the phone too, you will not respond. Those, type, those big mobile phones. I said, so, Because I had a board Ha! Huh? After the accident, come now. The... So I went home. And when I went home, then he had called everybody, Bishop Saki, this person. So then Reverend Atu was then there. He came to get me. I said, ah, but I'm going in the taxi. No. He said, oh, ma'am, you sit here. And so we went to the police station, various things, and I arrived home. When I arrived home, my husband was so sad. He said, this is very tragic. God has really delivered you. God had delivered, but it was still lost on me. He said, oh, mommy, you won't die. I was looking at him. What's he saying? Then we had an all night that night. And the house was quiet, he had gone. And I was asleep for a while, but in the, uh, around 1 a.m., 2 a.m., I believe it was the Holy Ghost, he woke me up and said, you said that you come full-time, but now you are running your own life. You say you want to be paid your own salary. You don't want to be paid by the church. I want to tell you, you are proud. Oh, me. As for pride. It's not something. Then God said, you are. Because you are so concerned about who you are, what your image is. But what are you anyway? Oh, Lord, I'm nothing. Are you really nothing? And you've been taking your own decisions. But I'm sure to the world, people congratulated me in the church. So, Sister, we yeah, you've come full time. What a wonderful stride you've taken. And to people around us, oh, you are doing law, and you now work full time. You must really love the law. So I had the applause of the world. But God knew that there were bleating sheep and bleating oxen that I had to deal with. A good and an honest heart. That's what you set you free in the name of Jesus. But to the world and to everybody, you've come full time, you preach, oh, she's so anointed. But when I stand before God, I see pride. You need to come down. Sit down where? How low again can I go? So I repented before God. I was really broken. I cried buckets, buckets of tears. And then God said, You have an Isaac. And I said, Me. You have always been my everything. I've always given up everything to follow you. No, your Isaac is your image, your Isaac is what you think you are professionally and all, that's your Isaac. And I'm asking for it on an altar. And I said to him, Lord, I give you my Isaac. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what I become. It doesn't matter if you think my necklace is from the offering. I'm nothing. (laughs) But it takes a good and an honest heart. Otherwise, you'll still be arguing. It's not so. I just wanted to help the church. I just wanted to sort out the church's payroll. Oh, God, it's not so. But God will always ask you for something that will cost you. Hallelujah. And he doesn't want to take your Isaac away from you. He just wants to know what is in your heart. Because when Abraham drew the knife, he said, Don't stab the child. Now I know what is in thine heart. Rather, turn round. I've provided a lamp. So I don't even need your sacrifice. I already have my own sacrifice provided. I don't need your money. I don't need the things you think I'm trying to get from you. I already have more than a lamp in the thicket and all that. But I just wanted to know the type of heart you had towards me. Those who hear the word and out of a good and honest heart. Hallelujah a good and hon- They hold fast. Why do you have to hold fast? Because there are many winds that would like to blow the word out of your heart. There are many winds that would like to blow the word out of your hand. The Bible says those receptive hearers, they hold fast to the word. We hold fast because so many earthquakes and shakings and storms come that make us want to give up and let loose of that word. It's not only a word of sacrifice it's also a word of God's promises and God's word is varied but those who hold fast and with much patience beloved it takes patience to work with God the Bible says you have need of patience so that after you have done the will of God you may inherit the promises the bridge between doing God's will and inheriting the promises is patience but many of us we do the will of God But we don't build the bridge of patience in order to inherit the promise. Say, God, I've kept myself. I've been holy. I've shunned many unbeliever men. And I can't see your hand. He will bring you to the point when you have to give up all that is dear to you at the time of your life. Everybody's level is different. And when you have the grace to release, then he can bring something into your heart. I pray that this morning you will be a receptive hearer to God's word. And that any time God's word is preached, you will receive it, as Paul said, for you received the word from us as the word from God and not the word from men. Hallelujah. Obedience costs something, but it doesn't cost more than what God will give you. The Bible says that he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and does it, he shall be blessed in his doing. When you have to be submissive and your husband is cantankerous, remember, you will be blessed in your doing. When you have to forgive somebody and the person doesn't deserve it, remember, you will be blessed in your doing. When you have to be nice to people who are so unnice to you, remember, you will be blessed in your doing. In your doing. Hallelujah. So may we move from being sentimental hearers and forgetful hearers, but people with a good and honest heart we hear his word and do it. Stand to your feet, please. We want to pray, and I want us to confess our sins before God. The Bible says, if we have if we say we have no sin, like Saul was saying, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The Bible says the Spirit of God will not strive with man forever. God sends Samuel to tell you you are doing this the goats are bleat and you are still arguing and you are still saying the people and you are saying god says because you have rejected my word i have also rejected you from being king we want to say father forgive us if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but if we confess our sins he's faithful and he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want us to open our mouths and ask God to cleanse our hearts, cleanse our lives. The sins that we can remember, let's ask for his forgiveness. Oh, because there's a fountain that flows from Calvary, Emmanuel's Valley, and it, it cleanses us and makes us whole. Oh, Father, forgive us for our sins, even the things in our hearts that we don't know about. Oh, sweet Holy Spirit, search us, O oh God, and know our hearts try us and know our thoughts see if there's any wicked way in us and lead us in the way everlasting we are sorry for the things that we ought to have done that we didn't do we are sorry for the things that we didn't have to do that we did have mercy have mercy for you are a merciful God for you are a gracious God oh the iniquity of God the impurity The things, the deceptions, the double standards, the double lives that we lead. Forgive us, Lord. We are ready for a new beginning, a new start. Wash us, O God. Make us clean, O God. Create in us a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within us. Holy Spirit, we have grieved you many times. We are sorry forgive us forgive us cleanse us restore us and give us the grace to keep on walking to be like you jesus to allow you to work your will and your doing in us oh purify my heart let it be as go Precious you refine my heart, let me be as gold. Pure. make whole things that are not seen things that are unseen, Jesus oh Jesus to be holy holy set apart set apart for you let there be a cleansing in the house of God let there be a cleansing in our temples oh Holy Spirit holy Set apart, set apart for you, my master, ready to do, I choose to be holy, yes. I choose to be. Every Isaac, every idol, everything that we put before you, every relationship, that has become an idol. We let it go. We let it go, Lord. I choose to be. You. Every pride, every arrogance, oh God. A spirit of worldliness and covetousness. Cleanse your people, Lord. Ready to do your will. You are here this morning as your personal savior and you want to say lady pastor pray for me I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die but I want to be sure I want to make it right with God I want to stand all over with God you are here like that this morning I want to encourage you to put your hand up and i'll pray for you wherever you are lady pastor i want to give my life to jesus i want to start all over again with god i want to be sure that my name is written in the lamb's book of life please pray with me if you are here like that this morning please slip up your hand and i want to pray with you softly and tenderly, I want to pray with you, Jesus is calling you, Jesus came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, for all have sinned, we have all sinned, but we made the commitment to know him, you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, please lift up your hands and I'll pray with you, wherever you are, we all took this step, you too must take a noble step like that. And for me. Jesus is calling. He's waiting and watching. Watching, Jesus is watching for you. If you've lifted up your hands, I want you to do a further thing. Every eye closed every eye closed, you are here, you want to say, I see your hands, I see your hands, come home, I want you to encourage you if you put your hand up, please come forward, come and receive the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who doesn't make you walk alone, come forward and give your life to him, if you raise your hand, please come forward, Come to the fountain of life. Come to Jesus. Come home. N-S-S-E. Come and give your lives to him. He will make something beautiful out of it. Call a no I want you to just close your eyes lift your hands up to Jesus and to whom you have come and I want you to say this prayer after me I mean it with all your heart you want to say dear Jesus this morning I come to you just as I am because I cannot help myself but you can help me Lord forgive me for all my sins cleanse me and make me your child thank you for sending jesus to die for me this morning i invite jesus into my heart to be the lord of my life satan i break every connection with you for christ has set me free and i'm free indeed thank you holy spirit for coming into me to make me a child of God. Amen. Father, I pray for these that have come forward. I pray that they will not fall back. I pray that you will deliver them from the snares of the enemy. And from the noisome pestilence. I pray that you will keep them in your power. And in your love, O oh God. I pray that they will grow. To become the people that you have destined them to be. The pastors, the evangelists. The apostles, may their destiny be turned around because this morning they made a decision for you. Thank you that you will walk with them and that you will put everything right in their lives. Thank you, Lord, that you are at work in them both to will and to do. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. You are born again today.